My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul the Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo at Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. And I'm Retro Ray from Countdown City Geekcast and Star Wars Stuff Podcast. And my name's Zach. From Patreon. And this <laughs> is where we talk about all stuff Star Wars here. And wow, what a what an eventful week uh, for Star Wars news and, and comics. Uh, we're going to talk about all that stuff here uh, shortly. But first of all, I do want to recognize all of our awesome supporters out there on Patreon specifically. On the purple tier, we have Hayden Hauser, Darth Ace One, Liam McCallion, Texas Vader 76, Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Devin McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel. You might know him. On the red tier, we have Fenrir 526, Maya Morris. And on the black tier, we have Maka Talantala, Nathan Shank, and Evan Opaker. Thank you so much to everyone out there that supports the podcast. And we love you people. So I teased it on the facebook group that there is a bit of information a little bit of a rumor that kind of squeaked out uh the couple days ago a few days ago from uh, one of our bothan spies we already talked about it on patreon so if you're a patreon member you were able to listen to that podcast with me and james and specifically specifically ray it's something that i've been talking about for many, many years, it seems. So apparently, Hayden Christensen had a conversation with, we believe, his agent. And someone kind of overheard, apparently. And the information was they were talking back and forth about a Vader series. So a Vader series on Disney Plus sounds like that's something that Hayden Christensen really wants. I really want it. I always say it's a big slam dunk. It's going to oh, yeah. make absolutely. It's going to get all the views. But for me personally, at this point in time, they need to shift into making that thing a movie because they want to make money at the box office. I mean, it's the greatest cinematic villain of all time. So you want to put that in a movie, uh, in a movie complex, in a cineplex. I mean, have that thing drop in Christmas or May, you just make a ton of money. And there's a lot of people that will say, okay, well, we got a Darth Vader trilogy in the original trilogy. Okay, kind of, sort of. But this would concentrate on Prime Vader when Hayden actually turned to the mechanical version of Darth Vader. Yeah. You could bring back Natalie Portman. You could bring back Mace Windu. You can bring back Ewan. You could have those parallel storylines that I'm talking about where Obi-Wan trains with Liam Neeson on Tatooine. You can have Hayden as Vader in the Iron Lung in his chamber having these like daydreams or nightmares about what his life could have been with Padme and bring back Natalie Portman you can introduce in live action Dr. Afra, Triple Zero. I mean, th- there's so many aspects to this they could go. It feels like Hayden is now back in Star Wars and is going to do more. So I'm not fearful of that. It's just 
you got to do the Vader movie series. I, I would love I would love a series that's a long form movie essentially. But for them to actually make a good amount of money, I think they need to release it in the theaters. I've talked about this on several podcasts, many podcasts over the years. I think it's really one of the one of the pieces of of storyline that is on the top of the heap at Lucasfilm. And now that you have Hayden wanting to do it, Natalie Portman has talked about do she's up for doing something in Star Wars. Of course, we all know Samuel L. Jackson wants to come back and do something. They just have to find the right yeah. place to be brought in and do their Star Wars thing again. So I know Ray, you want to say something about this <laughs> very badly. Well, no, it's just I'm hyped up about it. You you talked about what money. are your thoughts? Well, you talked about money. So yes, I agree with you. So what they need to do, okay, remember when Netflix first went to streaming, you basically were able to watch certain episodes of seasons on the show, but then you actually had to get the disc for certain episodes. You would actually have to submit for Netflix to send you the disc. You could watch like four episodes that weren't on the streaming service for TV shows. What if they were to do that? Disney plus the first two, the first two episodes you can watch, but they're only going to be in theaters. So you get to watch the first two episodes in theaters. And then if you want to watch the rest, you got to subscribe to Disney plus, you know what I mean? If you don't have Hmm. Disney plus already. So that's just my opinion, because then you're going to get the folks. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to see the big screen, you know, opener on the big screen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you think about it, we got we got the first Clone Wars or. Yeah, the first one was done in theaters. The first movie they did with that weird animation one. When we get the first introduction of Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. That was in theaters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, people didn't like it because of the whole baby Jabba kid or I forgot his name. Um. (laughs) But people stinky, didn't, yeah, and they didn't like the Ahsoka at that time. They didn't, they're like, Who's this chick? We've never seen her, she's yeah. never been in any of the episodes. So now, look, we all love her, you know what I mean? Down the yeah. line, um, but yeah, I agree with you. We need to see it in the big screen, you know, give us a taste, and then we know either we could watch it on the streaming services, but yeah, man, they definitely need to bring it. I mean, when you bought up the whole flashbacks and all that, dude, why can't we have it like Robocop where he's in the chair? Or he's in his it would be life. exactly like Robocop. Yeah. 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 And he's having his nightmares and stuff like that. Well, he's hooked up to the machine. That would be perfect. And we get, like what you said, flashbacks with, you know, you, you and McGregor, uh, Samuel Jackson. I mean, there's so much. We can find out how much connection yeah. him and Thrawn had. Mm-hmm. I mean, dude, there's so much to go. Yeah. Vader you, Zach- visiting the grave, uh, the, the tomb <laughs> on Naboo. Um, him at his chamber, there's so much like fan art and comic yeah. book stuff. I mean, uh, you can just see it right there. I mean, the picture says a thousand words right there. I mean, it's it, it would be it, it would be another huge event in Star Wars. And like Kathleen Kennedy, she wants to event Star Wars again. This would be the perfect event. And I think there was a little bit of old man thinking on my part of just doing either a movie or a TV show. But like you said, Ray. Stick it in the theater and stick it in our living room. I mean, you don't have to charge the the entire amount for a movie if you're going to go see the first two episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or maybe do it like, like I mean, hello. I mean, George Lucas loves serials. This is a serial. If it's a TV show, you go to the theater every week to go see a serial. I mean, it's just circling back, you know? I mean, it's all right there. I mean, put it in the theater 
all the Star Wars fans are going to go see it in the theater, even though it's going to be on Disney Plus. We're all going to get together and make mm-hmm. it a big event. Um, but yeah, got to work that out with the theaters, and the theaters <laughs> are hurting right now. So yeah, you they figure they would they would welcome that. So Zach, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think you guys are both kind of hitting the nail on the head, and you're, both your ideas kind of like culminating together. I think is a really grand idea, or there's a lot of potential there. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, I guess hype behind Ahsoka because the first two episodes were released in theaters and select very, very select theaters throughout the country. And um, I believe there were a few people on the podcast or interviewed on the podcast who were able to go see that and kind of share their experience. And it just sounds like a great opportunity um, just to go out and see. I mean, you know, you guys were kind of talking about like the Darth Vader hallway scene at the end of Rogue One. Like, yeah, that was great in the theater, great experience. But like, you know, it, it would be cool to see that. I mean, if it came on Disney Plus, it would be cool if we saw it on Disney Plus first, but watching it in your living room is not as cool as seeing it in the theater. And eventually they got to episode five when um, Anakin came back in Ahsoka and uh, they they knew something big was going to happen there. So they wanted to release that into more theaters throughout the country. And I had my ticket. I couldn't go. I know, David, you were in the same boat. Um but they they know when something big's going to happen, they want to put it in the theater. And I definitely think they got to keep that ball rolling and continue on with it. Yeah, definitely. I agree. It, they, I mean, this is such a no brain idea, really. And yeah. they, Lucasfilm has started kind of doing that type of stuff. But I mean, they've all been free events. But I wouldn't mind paying five bucks, ten bucks to go see the latest episode. I mean, it, it could get pretty expensive after a while, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. I mean, even in those larger cities, I mean, you can charge to go see it on the big screen. It's, oh, yeah, it's dude. totally different experience. So this is how I would want it. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is just my opinion of what I would like, you know, from a fan standpoint. I would love the introduction of Star Wars Clone Wars for his series, you know, where it comes in and it starts talking. And uh, I forgot the actor who did the voice. Um, Tom Kane, like yeah. the, the narrator. The narrator, the yeah. Galaxy Divided. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Have that intro in there, start it off, and then if they do it in theaters, 
I mean, come on, Taylor Swift did her concert in a the theater. Look how much money that. <laughs> so if they do it in the theater, you get the intro with that, mm -hmm. and at the very end, it you get a freaking teaser like they used to do back in the day. Next week on yeah. whatever show we were watching as kids, yeah. so we would have to wait till next week because you would want to mm -hmm. come back because they give you a teaser of what to expect. When we don't get that currently sure. on TV shows, why don't they go back to that? Like tease us and make us want to go back and watch it at Disney Plus. Yeah, you know, there's so much potential that disney can do to make that money on both ends from theater wise to you know disney plus yeah it's cool you say that ray because i believe I, I saw uh the clone wars 3d film in the theater when i was knee high to a grasshopper and they had uh i believe they had commercials for the show starting out on cartoon network yes. the movie came out in august and i believe it started airing in october and they just kind of had uh, little snips here and there and i mean granted that was george lucas you know lucasfilm but i mean the idea is there it's been done before in a sense from a certain point of view kind of stealing collins line there but um <laughs> it's there's definitely a lot of potential for that to to come back full force definitely come on david make it happen yeah we're trying to speak it into an existence <laughs> here on the podcast we've spoken a lot of stuff into existence let's keep it going yeah we're, we are definitely so there, there was a little bit of a rumor back when um, movie theaters were having a really rough time that possibly Disney was going to buy one of the bigger theater chains. Hmm. That would have thrown a monkey wrench and, and a monopoly type thing in, in the system. Um, but I mean, then I think we would have gotten all these shows in those Disney movie theaters, but it doesn't exist. So, uh, But that was just something that, that I kind of thought of. Because I think was it Cinemark that was having a lot of financial trouble? I think yeah. one of the bigger theaters. Dude, I think chains... it was everybody, AMC, Cinemark. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think one was like on the verge of just going belly up. Hmm. Um but yeah, there's uh there there's a lot of possibilities out there and, and hopefully hopefully Disney Lucasfilm does act on it. And I know all of us Star Wars fans will be there. It'll it'll be be like a party. Like I know this is totally off topic here, but <laughs> but this past weekend there was a certain concert film that was released, <laughs> and if you looked at all social media, you could see everyone getting out of their chairs <sighs> and going to the front of the theater and dancing. Can you imagine that with Star Wars fans? That's taking our lightsabers, and just like, <laughs> it would be it would be so cool, you know. Hmm. I mean, you'd make more friends. It would yeah. be a, a, a way like it would be it would have that celebration feel. We talk about that on the podcast all the time that we wish we were at celebration because when you're in line, the person in front of you and in back of you in line, you can just turn to them and you start talking about Star Wars and you just have a conversation and possibly a new friend for life. Like That's I've true. done several times over. So, I mean, it's just uh, building that rebuilding that community in person again, I, I think is going to be something that will be happening in the future i'm i'm staying positive on that because because hmm. what kathleen kennedy said too she wants to re-eventize star wars so that's a great way to do it yeah she's just got to put it out there for us to go see it for sure maka is in the chat he says hey david i got my package last night thank you guys so much yeah so maka is a uh, black level tier uh, Patreon members. So when you're on that tier level, we send you stuff in the mail. So I'm glad that you got your package. I actually sent James something too from uh, from Maya Morris. Uh, she sent us some stuff from Japan. 
she visited Japan and she sent us some stuff over and I found some very, very uh, James centric stuff that she sent. So I sent him a couple things. So he said he got that too. So thank you so much, Maka, for being a, a tremendous supporter and uh, hope you like all the stuff we sent you. So the next thing that I want to talk about, uh, oh, New York. Here. Yeah. Real quick. So Maka, do us a favor. Take a picture of your box and what you got so other patrons can see what you get when you are our part of our Patreon. So people can see what you get, what cool stuff you get. Yeah, send us a picture. Let's let's see what we sent you. <laughs> <laughs> I sent I yeah, so so Mock is on the rolling list for uh the black tier, the sixty-six dollar tier. So yeah, I, I sent him a few things. Um I'm I'm so glad that I was able to find there was a certain thing that I sent him that was like outrageously priced for a long time and it dropped in price actually. It dropped to like a regular price. So I was able to buy it. So hopefully Maka sends us that picture and we can <laughs> we can show everyone what exactly he got. So uh yeah, look forward that look forward to that, guys. So yeah, the next thing I want to talk David, about. Sorry, David. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Interrupt interrupt me whenever you got something. Um so this past weekend. I got a message from one of our listeners and someone actually who I met in London at Star Wars Celebration Europe. Um, his name's David. Um, I believe uh, McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Um, he asked me if uh, uh, me or any of us on the podcast were going to go to uh, New York Comic Con. And I asked him when that was going to be. And he <laughs> replied with tomorrow. So I was like, yeah, definitely no one is going to go to New York, <laughs> uh, to New York Comic-Con. The, the Comic-Con scene now for us at the podcast, I mean, there's a Comic-Con like every weekend. <laughs> Ray will text me and he said, hey, are you ready for this weekend? And I'll ask him, okay, what are we talking about here? <laughs> and it's like, a, it, in Texas especially, San Antonio has a bunch of cons now. There's some in Corpus hmm. and in the north in Dallas. We went to Dallas Fan Expo as everyone that's listened to the podcast heard of our little adventure there uh, interviewing little leia but yeah there's there's a lot of stuff going on new york is one of the bigger ones after san diego it's new york um, the list. yeah definitely maybe next year maybe we go as a podcast <laughs> if we get more patreon subscribers maybe we get, yeah, some we more, get more uh more zach netzels there and we can bring um, you news from comic-con in new york yeah that would that would be really cool and yeah it's it's super expensive to go but anyways there was a lot of star wars stuff that they released and talked about of course you expect novels comic books that type of thing but they announced that they're releasing a brand new lightsaber for galaxy's edge and probably for the disney shop to purchase as well so it's it's uh, not a lightsaber that a lot of people are too familiar with and with acolyte about to drop uh we have a high republic lightsaber and it's another that none other than Stellan Geos's lightsaber, which is a very interesting look. It's got the uh, the cross guard like a Kylo Ren, but of course he's on the light side, so it's a blue blade. And you can tell it's a High Republic because it's got kind of those little flourishes underneath the the cross guard there. But there's a story that I kind of want to read about to give you some details on it in regards to this lightsaber. So this story comes from StarWarsNewsNet.com. And it states Star Wars The High Republic gets its first limited edition legacy lightsaber hilt. Star Wars The High Republic will soon receive its first ever FX lightsaber 
On Sunday, it was announced that fans can look forward to a new legacy lightsaber hilt inspired by Stellan Geos' lightsaber designed from the High Republic books and comics. It will be available at Shop Disney and Disney Resorts later this fall. The announcement was made this Sunday at New York Comic Con, where Lucasfilm Publishing held a panel showcasing some new projects they are working on. One of the most exciting announcements was when the panelists unveiled a new lightsaber in design of Stellan Geos' lightsaber. X slash Twitter user Friends of Force was able to get a photo of the lightsaber from the panel. Later, a better look at the prototype was shown on StarWars.com. So there's another picture here of the physical saber itself being held out. Nice. Looks pretty cool. Um, and like we talked about on the, on the podcast, High Republic is going to have really, really high rising stock here pretty soon in regards to the new Acolyte TV show and all the High Republic novels and, and comics that are being dropped. Um, and Lucasfilm said, we're thrilled to unveil for the first time ever straight from the Star Wars, the High Republic, the Stellan Geos Legacy Lightsaber Hilt, an elegant weapon for a civilized age. This limited edition set includes Stellan's iconic crossguard lightsaber hilt featuring the unique designs seen during the time of the High Republic and comes in a collectible wooden box. When a legacy lightsaber blade is attached to the hilt, the blades will illuminate with Master Geos' signature blue color. Crossguard blades included a legacy lightsaber blade sold separately, so you got to buy the blade by itself. Um, this limited edition box set is limited to 5,000 pieces. Thanks. globally and will launch this fall on shopdisney.com and disney park so disneyland disney world stay tuned for more information coming soon so yeah uh there's only five thousand of these blades being made so what are you guys thoughts on this blade i like seeing the cross guard um i guess that's not a kylo ren cross guard i love kylo ren's lightsaber but his uh crystal is cracked and that's why we get the weird little hum and vibration to it and this looks more like a standard streamlined lightsaber uh, with a traditional cross guard that we're not used to seeing on screen yeah i definitely like it too i mean it's a definitely different and you know showing that you know the comment that we have here from micah you know I can't wait to read the High Republic books to see all the different lightsabers because I haven't read them. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, of course, the show, you know, the Alkalite. Yeah, Maka, our patron here, says, uh, definitely going to get this one. High Republic books are amazing. So many cool characters. I hope we get to see one day on screen. I, I think we're going to get them on screen. I think oh, yeah. Lucasfilm has yeah. invested way too much in High Republic stuff not to. Uh, Parker sure. Middleton on YouTube also says, I'm so ready for the new era of Star Wars. So are we all. So are we all. Yeah. Well, so David, since you mentioned that's limited number to 5,000, what did you get that was a 1 in 25? Oof. So, yeah, there's a whole story with that. Uh, and it ties to another story you want to talk about in regards to physical media. But I'll tell that story now. Um, so me, I'm a 42 year old guy that's been collecting basketball, baseball, football cards, essentially. I, I think there's like a two decade period where I didn't buy any, but I started buying them again. Uh, sports cards, like trading cards, you know, like, like they invented back in like the twenties or thirties or whatever. And you can get like, there's Babe Ruth autograph cards. I know there's a story of a guy in New Jersey who had an attic full of like old vintage cards that he got signed when he was a kid. And. Now, of course, it's worth like millions of dollars, but 
like I said, I've been buying these packs of cards like at gas stations and Walmart and Target and wherever they sell cards, always hoping to get like the really rare stuff. I remember when I was a kid, I would I would buy baseball and I wanted this Frank Thomas card so badly, so badly because it was $50. It's worth $50 in the Beckett. So I was like, man, I'm going to pull that. I'm going to keep on buying, going back to the grocery store. Never got it. I did, however, get two other kind of rare cards that weren't quite $50 at the time, but I think it was like a Will Clark and someone else it was like a gold glove Will Clark from the Giants. But anyway, so I've been buying cards all my life. I never get these awesome, super rare cards. So I went to Best Buy. I was talking to Ray while I was before when I parked in the parking <laughs> lot, I think, or maybe after. But I was about to walk out of the Best Buy, but then I said, no, let me go to the register. Let me see what they got. So on the shelf behind the register, they had these boxes. There's only two of these boxes. So these are Star Wars Tops Chrome 2023 cards. So it's a little box. It has uh, two Black Wave parallels guaranteed, which is cool. Four cards per pack, 10 packs per box. So if you do the math, that's 40 cards. It says it's on the box. 40 total cards per box. So I take them out. I start opening up the individual packs of cards. So I see in the first pack, which was kind of crazy, this Han Solo wave card. And I was like, wow, that looks like it might be pretty expensive. But then I look and no, it's not. It's, it's actually a very common card. And then I get this Jabba card. It's another wave card. It's got It's a rainbow wave, if you can see there on the camera but then i got i got a very mundane looking the mandalorian <laughs> mud, mudhorn card and i was like oh okay it's it's a dinjarn card uh no big deal but then i turned it over on the back and i looked and it's numbered and i was like okay that's cool and it says one of 25 and i'm like it can't be one of 25 in the world can it so I go online and I try and do some research on these Topps Chrome cards. And I actually think this card right here is number one in the world. One of 25. And I just randomly pulled it out of a pack. You can see right there if you look closely on, on video. Gosh, that's crazy. There's, there's your ticket the... to New York Comic Con, David. Right there, <laughs> still on that card. So here's the proof right here that it's one of 25. And yeah, so... I don't know, guys. I don't know how much it's worth. Uh, I was telling Zach earlier, there's a Kira card out there for $600. It's not one of 25. It's like, what was it? Like seven of 25 or something? Yeah. But this is this is the Mandalorian. And this is number one. That's so I have no right idea now. how much it is. And we were talking before the podcast. Yeah, we're going to send it into PSA, have it graded, and get it priced. And see how many hundreds or thousands of dollars it is. So yeah, if you ever touch that thing again, make sure it's with a latex glove and never with a bare hand. <laughs> the oils on your fingers, man, can can smudge those things and take yep. you down a letter grade and or a number grade. And yep, yeah, I'm aware of that. So if you're in San Marcos, Texas, you go to Best Buy. There's another one of these boxes that are on the shelf. So I might go just go back and buy it when I'm in that area. And that's, of course, where the podcast was born. We did our first episode in that city in Texas. But yeah, it's I'm like, what? I, I don't know. Um, you can go to YouTube and see people opening these boxes and opening hobby boxes, which look like 
this right here. And what's crazy about these hobby boxes is one autograph card is guaranteed. So you're always going to pull an autograph out of this box. And if you go online right now, these boxes go for well over $100 because you don't know whose autograph you can pull. And amazingly enough, you could get an Adam Driver sign Kylo Ren card. You can get a Natalie Portman signed Padme card. You can get a Daisy Ridley signed Ray card. So the big time people sign these cards. And I don't know how many of them are there, but in those hobby boxes, you're going to get an autograph. But of course, you could get an autograph from someone who did voiceover work on Resistance, a an obscure character that yeah. maybe you're not familiar with. So, I mean, there's that possibility as well. But I've seen... Uh, Kelly, uh, Kelly Marie Tran autographing a Rose Tico. I've seen that one. I've seen a few characters from Resistance. Um, and if you go online, if you check eBay, you can see a Natalie Portman that's like $35,000 or something ludicrous like that for sale. That's crazy. So, yeah. I mean, it's 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 an incredible thing. Yeah. And kind oh, of okay. on that. Parker, Parker oh. says eBay has it for $269. So Interesting. Okay. I thought there'd be another zero <laughs> behind it. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, not this particular card. Parker, can you tell us what the number is on that card? Because I think the number does count because this is the yeah. number one. Which number is that? Hmm. So, yeah, that was my little uh, adventure that I had on Saturday. Saturday was pretty eventful because I was driving around everywhere. But um, that's cool. Going going back to did did you guys have any comments about well, the I cards guess... and? I wanted to say, I know David and I talked about this earlier, how some uh, like football cards, I, I don't know if basketball cards do this too, but like Jersey cards, those are a yeah. thing that you can, you could pull like a piece of a Jersey worn in a game. They snip it up and uh, just imagine if, I don't know, Mark Hamill had an extra set of robes from return of the Jedi out there somewhere and they wanted to snip it up and make a, make an authentic, I guess, Luke Skywalker card with an actual piece of his robe worn in a movie. I don't know what's still at the vault in Lucasfilm, but I think if they started doing that today, they could, you know, or if they took a chunk of plastic from a droid, I don't know. There's all kinds of stuff you could put into a card if you really thought about it, but that would be, that'd be yeah, cool to pull. Yeah. It would be a little rough destroying these items that are used on. <laughs> yes. And depends but, on what it is. Yeah. But if like a stunt performer um, or if there's multiple, costumes for the same actual costume yeah and then they cut that all up and do like a jersey card type thing that'd be sweet that would be really cool i mean even like the vader helmet like cut the plastic and yeah put it in a card oh man that would be so cool but dude uh bo-katan um when we had when she was in san antonio bo-katan i don't want to say bo-katan katie, katie sockoff yeah <laughs> when she was in san antonio remember how she mentioned that when she was doing her stunts like sliding she was tearing the bottom of the pant. If that pant's huh. already destroyed, why Might not just well cut, cut it? it up? Yeah, cut it up have someone on set just it. collect all the little yeah. bits that fall off the actors and <laughs> keep it right there. It's like okay, one in fifty. There you go. Yeah, but yeah, it'd be definitely fun to have something. Uh, like Parker Middleton on YouTube says it's a little different. The back wasn't the same and it isn't numbered, but the front looked the same. Yes, so there are multiple versions of that card. So you'll see a lot of these fronts. But if you notice, the background is orange, so that's what makes a difference. Then it's numbered. So yeah, they do football cards like that, right? So yeah, so I I think it is a couple thousand. 
That's cool. I just want to say, I think people would pay, collectors would pay a couple thousand. For David, it. you should try to get all 25 of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this was like a lottery ticket almost, you know, because I, like I said, I've gone to YouTube and you can see people unbox these cards yeah. and they never pull, they have like seven boxes. They never pull a single numbered card out of all those boxes. And I just bought one box and it was there. And it was in San Marcos, which is very obscure. But yeah, it's tough to end on a high note with stuff like that because you just want to go back and get the next one and crack a pack and see what's in it. Yeah. And but hey, I was due, man. I've been buying cards my whole <laughs> life. So we're gonna have to go to Collector Con. So if you guys don't know what Collector Con is, that's a sports collector convention where sports cards they have all kinds of cards, everything like that. They actually do PSA on site. You can take your card up, boom, right then and there, and they'll do PSA on it right away. Wow, and you get it, it back right away. Yeah, you get it back right away. Because you're going to have to send it off. You're going to be without it for a little bit, David. And it's the scary part about that. Because you're like, can it get lost in the mail? Can they miss it up? Can they change it? Like, I when I sent mine off, it wasn't a card. But we had sent this off. Still in the plastic it came in. I haven't taken it out. I was scared because this is was signed by Tim Duncan and I was afraid that they were going to damage it and it was going to come back graded less than a 9.8 but it's I don't know man it's so hard to like give it up it's like like a baby you don't want to let go of it yeah. you're afraid you know you don't know the babysitter your baby's going to and <laughs> yeah <laughs> so For I've sure. had that experience too uh not with like collecting but going to Galaxy's Edge I went there for I believe it was May uh, May 4th, and I bought a lot of stuff. I bought this set of lightsabers right here in that box. It's the uh, Leia and yeah. Ray Legacy lightsaber. So they're in that box. They're numbered as well. And the first day we went, I think people lined up, and they bought them all out. The second day we went, we saw a stack of them. I said, hey, are those for sale? And the person behind the counter was like, yes, they are. So me and my buddy Carl, we bought one a piece and then we had to lug them all the way back to our our hotel but the thing is i had to ship that from florida to texas and it was the first time i ever did that and and the procedure is so so relaxed and and it because because you just take it because there's certain spots at disney world that you can take your stuff and say hey i want to mail this to my house so they take all your stuff. They take your receipt. I think they scan it. And then they just get a regular cardboard box. And they kind of maybe put like packing materials in there and put hmm. it in. And then they just kind of shove it off to the side. And the first time that someone did that, I'm like, it's like thousands of dollars. They just like, yeah, very, very like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just like shoved to the yeah. side. And it's like out for anyone just to reach in there and take yeah. And I'm just like looking at it like, uh, dude, are you going to like Excuse put me. that in a safer spot? <laughs> That's crazy. I had something like that happen when I first went to Disney when I was nine. This was before uh, Lucasfilm was bought out by Disney. And I bought Ahsoka Tano's Lego Starfighter and it came with a vulture droid. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the, you know, the cat's meow right here. And I bought a little Lego Luke Skywalker watch at uh, it, it, it's Disney Springs. But before Disney Springs, it had a different name. I can't remember what it was called. And. My mom was like, we got to ship that back because we flew down here. I'm like, what do you know? I want to have this with me on the plane. I want to play with my Lego set on the plane. And obviously, I really didn't put that all together. But I was 
a little scared to give it away to someone to ship it back to my house. And sure enough, we got back from vacation and it was there, but I was, I was definitely obsessing over that little Lego set that was like 30 bucks at the time. Yeah. The second time I did it, I visited Colin. I went to Disney world and um, I did the same thing. I shipped it over, but I had all the confidence in the world. My stuff was going to make it. So it showed up like a week later and it was all good. So yeah, they're pretty good at doing that stuff. And I, and I went to, uh, the area, the first order area in Galaxy's Edge next to Kylo Ren's uh, ship that he was supposed to have in the Rise of Skywalker for the Colin Trevorrow version. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you've been to Galaxy's Edge, you know what I'm talking about, where they sell nothing but first order stuff. And that that register, they're able to ship everything. And That's they did cool. a good job, so it all worked out. Sweet. So the reason why I was at Best Buy is because of this next story. So we all know that the Mandalorian is going to be available for seasons one and two on physical media. And I think we all pretty much bought our copies and now it's just kind of a waiting wait game until when is it? December? November? Yeah, it's December. Both of them come out the same day, I believe. So yeah, there's a steel book right there. And so there is a story out there on engadget.com that highlights the fact that Best Buy starting next year is going to stop selling physical media. And Best Buy is actually responsible for about 45% of the physical media purchased in our country. So if they stop selling, <sighs> it's people or corporations like Walmart and Target are going to be, and Amazon, of course, going to be responsible for physical media. And it's interesting that Disney now has made available The Mandalorian and other MCU TV shows on physical media because, of course, they're they're trying to make money. And if physical media is going away, we're not going to have access to these shows. And the dilemma is, I know everyone's saying, okay, well, let's stream the thing. The, it's, it, I think there's two parts to that because... If you want the highest quality, if you want the best sound, the best picture, you're going to want physical media, depending on your setup, of course. Some people have very, very high-end setups, and you get the most out of your Blu-ray or your 4K disc. The other thing is the streaming wars are still happening. Uh, Started the streaming war has. So (laughs) when you look at it, once everything, kind of all the chips fall where they're going to, there might be a situation where some of these streamers like Disney Plus remove content, which they just did with the Willow show. And I know Warwick Davis isn't too happy about that. And there might be a time where you can't watch The Mandalorian season two, season three, whatever, at, at a couple of punches on your remote and just watch it and enjoy it. So you kind of need your physical media to if you want to really see something. And... I know with the other streaming services like Max and Netflix, and especially with Sony, Sony doesn't have their own streaming service. They're, they're kind of the mercenary of the bunch. They license out their stuff, which might actually end up being the smartest thing in the end. So there's a case where, I mean, you might not be able to watch certain things, but you'll have the physical copy, and I think that's a great option. What do you guys think? What do you, what do you think, Ray? Um, I agree with you. I mean, okay, let's go back because we're old. Zach, 
you may not remember any of this stuff that we're going to talk about right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so back with the Betamax. <laughs> so of course, vinyl. When CD came. Oh my gosh, you went further. Yeah, I went further back. <laughs> I need to look at it and go back to A track because that's another thing in itself. Ooh, yeah. um, so anyway, there is a my forty five player. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, if you think about it, CD, they said, "Oh, CDs killing vinyl." Blah blah blah. Yes, okay. People went to CDs, and everybody went on CD. And vinyl kind of faded away. People didn't collect vinyl anymore. And then from D, for of course from CDs, then of course we had Apple come up with MP3. Or no, they didn't come up with the MP3. Someone came up with MP3. Then we had you know kind of equivalent to streaming where you can download your music and you don't have to buy CDs. Um, and they were saying, okay, the CDs are going to die. So it's kind of full. So everything comes full circle. Right now, vinyl is ridiculous. There's people, and not even vinyl itself, cassette, cassettes, old cassettes. You'd be surprised. Some old cassettes, like soundtracks and stuff like that. Back in the day, we paid 12 bucks for them at max, depending when it was, when Sam Goody was around and stuff like that. Now, some of that stuff sells for like 20 30 bucks depending on what it is hmm. and if you have a sealed one that has never been opened and then you send it off to get graded as well well then that just goes up in itself same thing with the vinyl right now <clears throat> vinyl's coming back strong i mean people are buying all these fancy record players so i kind of see if you have physical media dvds blu-rays hold on to them they're going to be yeah. worth some money you know down the road because just like David said, once they pull all this stuff off the networks and Disney puts it in the vault, we, you ain't going to be able to see it again unless you have physical hard copies or unless they want to be nice and say, okay, we're going to release it again for the 30th anniversary and we're going to put it in theaters or vice versa. Hmm. That's the only time we're going to be able to see it again. So that's my opinion. What do you think, Zach? So... I, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm 22 and I love my physical media. <laughs> like I'm kind of an oddball with my buddies. Cause like, Oh, everything's streaming. Everything's convenient. And I'm going uh, with a coworker of mine to get the midnight release for Spider-Man two Thursday night and a Friday. Oh, nice. And we just got, uh, we saw something on Twitter that uh, insomniac games tweeted out like, Hey, if you buy the disc version, the entire game is on the disc. You can play it through start to finish with no update required. And I think oh, wow. it's a 95 gig download if you get the digital. Um, and that that doesn't happen a whole lot anymore these days. And they, they have a day one patch. It's super tiny. But um, I texted him this. I'm like, that's a big W for disc guys because, I mean, it's just mostly on there. You don't get that a whole lot anymore. And I keep telling my friends who buy all these digital games, I'm like, do you buy the game or do you buy access to the game? And then when your account poops out, you lose all your stuff. Sure, you might lose your data no matter what way you look at it, but you still have the disc you could pop in and start over or whatever. But with my movies, I really like having uh, the the physical copy. I just bought, uh, I have like four or five, maybe six different copies of the original trilogy. And I just bought a copy from a thrift store near me Um that had the original theatrical cuts of four, five, and six on like the bonus feature disc. And I believe those are the only copies of the original trilogy on a disc platform that have the theatrical cuts. And those are things I'm going to hold yeah. on to for a very long time. Cause I mean, I have the tapes of the theatrical cuts, but those are, you know, I don't want to play those all the time because the tapes have 
higher wear and tear than a disc does. So I'm just waiting for there to be maybe that 4K remaster. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I definitely like buying my physical media when it comes to the shows I really like. And movies, I guess. I bought Zack Snyder's Justice League uh, on 4K disc because I love the movie. And HBO Max or Max now released the the Snyder Cut on 4K. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to have uh, Max forever. I mooch it off a buddy of mine, actually. If he canceled it, you know, it's not up to me. But then I got the Snyder Cut in my back pocket and I could watch it whenever I want. We'll cut yeah. that out so that no one hears about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm totally doing it legally, HBO. <laughs> so getting back to it. So I work at a store part-time, real retro, off Eisenhower Road. So we picked up this in the collection. This is a mm. sealed VHS copy of Phantom Menace Episode 1. Never opened, still sealed. Uh, you don't see stuff like that very often, you know, and that's one of the things that we carry at that store is like anytime he picks up stuff from yard sales, there's people who are cleaning out their house that they just want to get rid of the stuff. They don't care what they sell it for. Um, but yeah, that's a perfect example right there, you know, VHS copy. And there's actually people still looking for VHS video, uh, VCR players right now to play stuff on because people are collecting VHS movies now as well. Yeah. Parker Middleton on YouTube says, I wish I still had my nineties gold box set of the original trilogy. I have it. I have it upstairs. I could go it's grab it. It's somewhere in one of these shelves. I got the silver and the gold box. I think they made two of them. Oh, man. You got both? Yeah. I'm an overachiever, David. <laughs> so that's perfect example right there, guys. I mean, you know, that's stuff that, you know, we're going to hold on to. But you can't go back and get it. You know what I mean? Because that's one thing, like, right now, if we wanted to and go and... That's the one thing about Disney, which is when they have their properties, they hold on to their properties. Like, so if we want to do a screening at a movie theater, nine times out of 10, Disney does not give you the rights to show their movies and do a screening or an event because it's Disney. Um, so like when you do, because I used to do stuff when I worked at a comic book store, I would actually, you know, I used to work with Draft House and we would do movies like we did like old school stuff because, you know, I'm retro Ray. So I do like, 89 Batman, The Burbs, Pee Wee Herman, um, Star Wars I could never get, Power Rangers, Turbo Rangers. I would get all those movies to just for, it was a movie night that we would put for the comic book store. And fans can go watch it on a big screen because a lot of people did not get to see some of these movies on a big screen. So that's what I would do. But now with Disney owning Fox and stuff like that, so now they have their hands on a lot more media that you can no longer do that with so like mm-hmm. power rangers they own the rights of power rangers too now uh the first the first movie and i think the second one too but yeah so you can't get the rights to show that stuff um but I see a lot of people don't know about that um but yeah man it's we're in a different world right now it, it's kind of crazy I want to say when they did re-release the special editions of star wars in 1997 that might have been the catalyst for me to get really hyped back up about Star Wars because I'd never seen it on the big screen up until 1997. And when I saw it on the big screen, it was in Dallas, Texas. I was just blown away. I was like, wow, this is like a totally different movie compared yeah. to the TV that I saw uh, so many years ago. And then watching it on ABC or NBC, wherever it would show up and it, it was like an event. I know James will talk about this as well, that 
when they announced on on network TV that Star Wars was going to play, it's like, yeah, you you made an appointment to go watch that because it was incredible to see Star Wars. But there's commercial breaks, but it would sh- they would show the movie and there'd be commercial breaks. And for me, I would wonder where's the next commercial break going to hit because I knew the film so well. Then I'd kind of predict it and it would happen. I either get it right or wrong, but it would lead up to the news and that would be like time to go to sleep because it'd be like 10 o'clock or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, I, 1997, that might've been the time that got me hyped back up again for the prequels. Cause I knew that was going to come out and the, the trailer that they had advertising the, the special editions, they had a TV sitting in the middle of the screen at the theater for the trailer and then you see the X-Wing coming right at you on the little TV. And then it just expanded. I thought that was awesome marketing. One of the great trailers and, and marketing uh, runs that I think we've we've seen. It, it just blew me away. But For sure, dude. So the other things that they announced at New York Comic Con are brand new Funko Pops. And I'm not the biggest fan of Funko Pops. I have a ton of them. Just by natural, <laughs> I don't natural love them, but I have so many. <laughs> well, I mean, they come in like different boxes, and then some people out there think I really love them, and then they know I love Star Wars, so they put the two together and they say, "Here," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll take it." And it's like, "Okay, I have a huge collection now." I'm not, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan, but I, I do like them. But I'm not the hugest fan. But they mm. did release some screenshots and. Here's a set of Ahsoka Funko Pops. And you see Thrawn, Morgan Elsbeth, Thrawn's Night Trooper. Uh, there's another variant of Thrawn's Night Trooper with uh, the gray there on the uh, the mouthpiece side. Shin Hati, of course. Balin Skull. His lightsaber looks red, though. It doesn't look orange. But what do you guys think of these Funko Pops? I, I think they look great. Um, I'm geeked that they're making another Grand Admiral Thrawn because I know the one that was in existence before this, I believe it was a con exclusive or some subscription box exclusive that didn't get a lot of traction and it's very valuable. So for people who just want to have a, a Thrawn Funko, like it's it's just cool to have that there. Um, but I'm also excited for Balin Skull and Shin Hati. Balin, I think especially that one will probably get a lot of traction, traction once that hits the shelves because of how much the character was loved. Yeah, yeah. I think that was that's going to be the most sought after possibly. Ray, what do you think about these Funkos? Uh, I used to hate them at the beginning. <laughs> um, <laughs> my wife loves these things. Um, but I used to like, oh, my God, you know, this is just another thing, you know, collecting thing. But then they started making certain figures like, you know, Bogotan. They did the Michael Jordan San Antonio All-Star one. And I'm like, okay, I'm only going to buy this one. And then I get that one, and then they do the Tim Duncan uh, one as well. I'm like, okay, I got to get that one. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, they get you, man. They just released the Clerks set that coming out as well from the most recent Clerks movie. And I'm like, God dang it, man. They, they keep on just giving out more stuff. Thanks, like, yeah, dude. I'm like, whoever came up with this idea was a genius. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, this one right here, that was okay, right there. Bo-Katan on the throne. Come on. Who's yeah. not going to that? Who's not going to want that piece? Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have like a variant where her legs are like up on the arm. <laughs> Make a chase. 
yeah, oh, yeah. That, that's a perfect chase opportunity there and there's a grogu and an armor pelimato with grogu paz vizsla the mandalorian with the dark saber and then the mandalorian judge with the orange helmet there yep so yeah, yeah now we got uh there's been other armor funkos hasn't there yeah yeah, yeah there okay. have been yeah mm-hmm. yeah i just hadn't seen emily swallow sign any but yeah, yeah, these are these are kind of what you what I kind of expect. And I'm gonna say this, and I'm I'm not lying, I don't think, unless I dreamt it up. But I wanna say back in the nineties, when I was and me and Ray talk about this stuff all the time, billion dollar ideas. So back in the nineties, when there was no Star Wars, live action Star Wars, I thought to myself, what if I, I was thinking about things that like like different like toy ideas. And I asked myself, because I was aware of bobbleheads and Funkos have a head that bobbles, which some of them do. Yeah, yeah, some of them do. So I told myself, what if we bring the bobblehead back? What if we do that? And I was a kid. I mean, I was it was the 90s. So, I mean, think in the 90s, what I was like 11 to 19 years old. So I was thinking, yeah, let's let's redo the bobblehead, but better. Hmm. And that could be a thing. And then I thought to myself, no, nah, that's not going to work. Bobblehead is old. It's dead. It's a dying thing. No one's going to collect these bobblehead statues of stuff they love. And look where we're at now. Yeah. I just paid like $85, $90 for a Miguel Cabrera bobblehead for his last home game uh, as a Detroit Tiger. Because I don't know if there's only one Miguel Cabrera. And I know it's not Star Wars related. <laughs> Not Star Wars related, Zach. We're gonna put you on mute for a while. That's your punishment. I'm I think just he froze real quick. <laughs> uh, oh, I did put him on mute. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he froze. Oh, there you go. Cool. That's um, karma, I guess. Well, no, there's also too. Did y'all see? I don't know if you guys watch this. I, I just know too much ridiculous stuff. So Sandy, uh San Francisco Giants had a Boba Fett exclusive that they did specifically for the home game. Did y'all know about that one? No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like teams will do that. They'll have special jerseys that they'll auction off later. I know, I know the missions in San Antonio had a special Din Djarin, like first, like Mark One armor. And then it he had like, or maybe it was like the, the full Beskar suit. And then he had the satchel with Grogu in it. And I think they auctioned those off for charity. You can just buy them. And it's like, well, why can't you just buy them? I mean, they'd be <laughs> such a hit, you know? Yeah, and yep. it was in the height of the Mandalorian too. But it's for charity, David. Well, yeah, I mean, you could do no, the charity stuff <laughs> and and sell them on this. I mean, come on, it's like yeah. So absolutely. guys, win win. If you weren't aware, so if you bid on charity auction stuff, if you didn't know this, you can actually write off what you spent on that auction off in your taxes. If you did not know that, that's cool because it's a charity. Just throwing that's, that out there. That's true. But does that whole amount do you you don't get the whole amount back? You get like kind of like a little bit of a credit. I'm not too sure. I haven't. I that's what I've heard. I haven't done it, but I you know, it's just what I've heard that it yeah. is considered a tax write-off. <laughs> you know, that's why they have yeah. all these charities where they sell things for ten to twenty thousand dollars because it's hmm. a tax write-off. Yeah, Parker, Parker Middleton says on YouTube, Tigers had a Star Wars day one year. I think all big franchises now in NBA, NFL. Yeah. I don't know about NFL. Nah, I don't think I've seen Do they do NFL. a Star Wars day? 
because I know the Spurs, my local team, has done several. Yeah. I've seen it days. for hockey as well, uh, but yes. that's kind of like yes. minor league the, hockey stuff. Right, right. I've yeah, the it. minor league hockey, baseball. They'll yeah. they'll do special jerseys too, and it's it's pretty cool. It's it's nice. The five first will go out. Yeah, they will troop, and uh, I think that's where I met a lot of my squad at a at a Spurs Star Wars night back before I was even a member, and I never saw anyone's face. I just have the old pictures of their costumes. And now I know what costumes they have. And I've gone to those people and said, hey, look, we met all the way back in, what, 20, I think it was like 2017, 2016 when I did it. So, but yeah. Um, the other things that were announced at New York Comic Con were a couple of different projects. I think these are novels here that were announced. Star Wars, Hyperspace Stories, Qui-Gon, and Obi-Wan. And this is a screenshot from Facebook here. It says, make the jump to hyperspace stories with new Dark Horse original graphic novels. Dark Horse, that's interesting. A new line yeah. of original graphic novels kicks off with new tales featuring a beloved Jedi duo. Qui-Gon written by George Mann and illustrated by Andrea Muti and Obi-Wan written by Cecil Castellucci uh, with art by Lucas uh, Morangan. Uh, were announced with covers by a Michael Cho. Do you know any of those people, Ray? You probably do. Um, yeah, uh, some of the writers I definitely do. I already reached out to George to see if he responds to try to get him on the. Oh, he did respond. I have to message someone that's helping to arrange his podcast stuff and interview stuff. So I got to message that nice. person. Nice. But for sure, you know, it's on my list to do for sure. <laughs> yeah, and we'll probably cover these these novels on the podcast or graphic novels so yeah yeah right up our alley and of course uh, there's a screenshot that was put on x star wars base windy written by mark bernardin covered by Mateus manhini uh, marvel comics january 24th 2024 that looks so cool yeah so yeah mark bernardin of course i know ray is very familiar with him he's uh along with kevin smith on a lot of his podcasts that he, that he does and he's a writer he's done a lot of stuff for tv um and yeah he's he's pretty prolific there so yeah it it should be interesting to see what uh, we get from mace windu we have a i think we have a comic run of mace right or he's in the five issues um i think it's like one of the first canon stories that takes place during the events of the clone wars after attack of the clones and i believe i haven't read it myself it's on my read list it's I'm trying to find the graphic novel. It's got all five issues or six issues together. But yeah, there is there is a small run out there. Yeah, guys. And if you don't know who Mark Bernardin, Mark Bernardin is, like like David said, he's worked on TV shows like the Stephen King series. Um, he's also worked on Star Trek. Um, he's been a writer for that. I mean, he's a big Battlestar Galactica fan. He's a Star Wars fan. You know, I really trust that he's going to be writing this story and he's going to give us a good read Um, because we've been needing someone like him for the longest time to write something like this. And I think they chose the right writer for it. And I'm really looking forward to see what he does. Yeah. And he's a, he's a pretty good podcaster too. I (laughs) I listen to a lot of his stuff. Um, So the next thing that I wanted to talk about was there was, an auction for a, I want to say it was not really 
lost, but maybe misplaced. But one of the original Star Wars X-Wing models, pictured right here if you're watching us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, went for sale at an auction. And this story comes to us by via the AP. Miniature Star Wars X-Wing gets over $3 million at auction of Hollywood Model Makers Collection. Oh, that's crazy. So this miniature model called Red Leader, a X-Wing starfighter from the 1977 film Star War, the Star War <laughs> Episode Four: A New Hope, sits on display at Heritage Auctions August 30th, 2023 in Irving, Texas, which uh, that's where the Dallas Cowboys used to play. Uh, the miniature X-Wing starfighter used in a Star Wars film sold for over $3 million on Sunday, October 15th during a weekend auction of items both collected and created by longtime Hollywood model maker Greg Jean. And yeah, this this was a, a model that was sold. I guess it wasn't really long lost. It was actually in Irving, Texas, which is kind of crazy that this thing was in Texas. But yeah, when you watch all the, uh, the old footage of how they made Star Wars, they use models just like this. And this is Luke Skywalker's X-Wing. I mean... You would think, yeah, this would go for a pretty high price, three million. I don't know if I would fork out three million, but um, yeah, what do you guys think about all these things that are slowly getting auctioned off? I know there was a stormtrooper, like an original TK, also that was auctioned off. That was an actual suit of armor. Um, so, what wow. what do you guys think about this stuff ending up in collectors' hands? I, I like the idea that it's possible. It gives me hope as someone who might want to have something on my own mantle someday. Like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a lightsaber prop that could end up there. But that turret, that, that Death Star turret that's sitting right next to the X-Wing in that picture on the yeah. left there, oh, you, yeah, yeah. you wonder how much that's going for. You know what I mean? Even if it's an original like miniature yeah. prop used for a movie, like that could still probably go for like $50,000. That's I don't know. what I was going to say, 50K, yeah. Yeah, so, but no, I think it's really cool to see that people could buy it i mean sure you might have to pay the highest price and that might be three million dollars but it's it's cool to see that it's possible yeah yep it's true ray what do you think about do you, do you like collecting stuff i'm um, just a little bit i mean you don't see it in the back because this is not my guest bedroom so in my office or which used to be my office which now is my wife's office um i have more stuff up there so like i have I have another painting like that of Optimus Prime where it says change and it's autographed by the artist and autographed by the voice of Optimus Prime. That's cool. And then I've got like a crow piece that's kind of similar to that as well. That's autographed by the creator of the crow. My stuff's more art and Funko Pops. Um, I do have statues, which you can see my Harley Quinn up there. I'm a big Harley Quinn fan. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I collect a little bit of certain things. I just, my problem is I like too much stuff, so I can't collect everything I like. Same here, Ray. So, like, David likes the Star Wars, and he has it all in the back, but I like Star Wars. I like Doctor Who. Anything that's sci-fi, I love. Back to the Future, Terminator, um, Transformers. I mean, everything that's just geek that we grew up on. Um, like I've got a couple of pieces, a buddy of mine who are, that's, I work with, he's a Hot Wheel collector and uh, he just started working with us. And um, 
Uh, he's like, oh, he's like, do you collect Hot Wheels? I'm like, no, not really. I go, but I do occasionally get a few. And I was like, I got like three of them right now that I picked up from San Diego. And he's like, oh, which ones are they? And I'm like, oh, I have the Back to the Future in the Plutonium box. And I have the Knight Rider that's in the box that talks. And then I have the A-Team van that came out in San Diego. So he pulled it up in his phone and he starts looking how much they were. He's like, dude, how much did you pay for these things? And I'm like, why? He's like, the Back to the Future is 500 bucks. And mind you, mine's autographed by the principal, the mother, Biff. Strickland. Yeah. And then this weekend um, at Wonderland, they're going to have um, Michael J. Fox's girlfriend from the first movie. She's going to be there doing a signing. Yeah. So I'm going to have to make my way there to get her to sign it as well. There you go. And the only one I have left that needs to sign it is Michael J. Fox. But then he looked at my A-team one too. And he's like, he's like, dude, this is 350 bucks. And I'm like, oh yeah, but mine, those are autographed too. And he's like, by who? And I'm like, I got the guy who played Face. I got the guy who played Murdoch. I go bucket list, you know, a Mr. T. So he was just freaking out. And I'm like, I don't collect a lot of hot wheels. Just the only ones, the ones that I really got so far. Um, but anything that I grew up with, I collect. Like I have a sealed Silverhawk um, that's bluegrass. That I mean, it's in good condition, still sealed in package. And I actually got the voice actor who plays Thundercats, Lino and him to sign it for me. I had him put my name to Ray. I'm not selling that thing. I'm taking that shit to my grave. Excuse my language. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I'm, I'm telling wife, that's going right in there with me in my coffin. So, um, but yeah, so those little things like that, that I grew up with as a kid. Um, the one thing I've been looking for is an airwolf. That is like my biggest thing I really love. Oh yeah. I do have Christopher Lloyd on that one too. He's actually signed. He actually signed the Hot Wheel itself. Uh, I forgot about that. How can I forget about him? Um, but yeah, it's a lot, I'll show Ray. pictures. It's a lot. Yeah, I'll show. I... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's just some of the little things I collect. I just like I said, I like too much stuff, man. I I, I wish I could have the helmets that you have, but I got to pick and choose what I spend my money. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, what about you? What are you about you, Zach? What is your collection? What is your drug of choice? Well, as you can see behind me, no, I'm just kidding. I got I don't have my uh, my room <laughs> set up here, so I'm uh I'm bare bones right now. But I mean, I I love. I grew up in high school, like, like, or grew up and through high school, I liked uh, Marvel a ton. Star Wars was what got me started kind of in like the nerdy fandom realm. Um, I liked having little action figures here and there. Um, I really loved Lego when I was a kid. Lego is something I'll still buy to this day. We had like that $400 uh, clone gunship, the UCS set on our registry and a buddy of mine bought it for us when we got married. So we got, wow, got a big Lego set, got lightsabers. I mean, it's mostly star Wars, but it's like Funkos, Lego, you know, books, video games, comics, like in the movies, the TV shows, it's, it's kind of anything and everything. And it's just kind of spread out amongst star Wars. But like, I have a whole, uh, Funko pop collection. I was telling David about this a little bit earlier. Um, I'm going for like a timeline of Anakin Skywalker, who's my favorite Star Wars character. Like I have nine-year-old slave Anakin all the way to the Force Ghost Anakin, and then I'm trying to fill everything in between that's relevant. Like I'm not going to buy every Darth Vader Funko, but if it's one where he's fighting Luke on Bespin, like yeah, I'll buy that one and add it to my little timeline. And I'm hoping to get something to go around like the perimeter of the ceiling that just kind of has it in order. And that's probably like something I'm working at the most to show off as a collection, I guess you could say, but 
it's kind of anything and everything. I just got a three thirty second clone Hasbro helmet. That thing is so cool. I just, I don't know. There's all these, all these different things. It's kind of what catches my eye. I guess my ADHD kind of takes over when I see something that I like. I'm like, Ooh, that's really cool. Ooh, that's really cool. And then I have to answer to my wife after I make a purchase, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, she, she definitely loves how passionate I am about star Wars, but it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot of stuff. I got to get it up at some point and move locations here, but, but yeah. Well, nice. cool. Yeah. Collecting, collecting people are kind of weird, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can you see behind me, <laughs> all the stuff I have. What was that, Ray? I was going to show Zach. So I, I found this at a 7-Eleven. I don't know if you have this one to your collection yet. Oh, the Darth Vader? I do have that one. The Darth Vader. This was at a 7-Eleven by my work. I was like, are you serious? They have Funko Pops at 7-Eleven? I'm like, what the? <laughs> there you go. No, that's cool. Everywhere. But but I do have that one. And I I also have the one where uh, like he's getting zapped by Palpatine and his hands cut off before the helmet gets taken off. Like So I have that one too. And then eventually it leads to the Force Ghost. But, but yeah. So Parker Middleton here on YouTube says, I want all original movie posters for all nine movies. Man, oh, that'd be cool. Too. I think Colin has the... He's got the original similar. trilogy, I yeah, think. Yeah, he's got the original trilogy, yeah. 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 I've got the Clone Wars movie poster. <laughs> I don't think that counts, but I got the original Clone Wars poster from 2008, and then the Phantom Menace re-release in 2011. I got that uh, 24 by 40 inch poster. So you're going to like this one, Zach. Oh boy! So this is oh, this is Star Wars fan days. That's so cool. This is when the first movie was coming out. Yeah, that's incredible. And they had it in Dallas Plano, and I didn't even know. The only reason why it went at the time was because I'm a big Bruce Campbell fan. Oh sure. And he was a guest at this event. Wow. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah, so. What else we got, David? So, yeah, without further ado here, we're going to talk about Thrawn issues two and three. We covered Thrawn issue one last week. Yeah. And we kind of got a little bit of his origin for Thrawn and being involved with the Empire. And we kind of saw some of his uh, tactics that we all kind of grew familiar with. If you watch the Ahsoka series, you kind of get the gist of, of his character and... And it continues with issues two and three. And I know uh, all three of us have read it and we have some screenshots for you. We don't want to spoil everything that happens in the comics because, of course, we want everyone to go out and make the purchase either uh, through an app like Comixology or through uh, the local comic book shop. Support those guys because, like we talked about earlier, we enjoy physical media and yeah. comics is physical media. But if you do have the Comixology app, if you download that, you're a member of Amazon Prime, you get the first six issues free. And I think we're going to cover all six of those. So, yeah, without further ado, yeah, let's talk about Thrawn issues number two and three. That's cool. I uh, I want to go back to um, Parker's comment towards the beginning of the stream. Um, yeah. So he was reading, or I guess looking at issue number one and seeing it's the exact copy of the novel titled Thrawn. Um, and I don't know if we covered that last week, but the uh, um, this comic that we're that we're going over right here is um, a comic adaptation of the first canon novel here. 
uh, in the in the trilogy or trilogy trilogy. What the? Um, and I believe at uh, New York Comic Con they announced that they're doing the second Thrawn book, Alliance, as a comic adaptation as well. So I'd assume if they're doing the first two, we'll get the third eventually. Um, so maybe that's something we could cover more in the podcast here. But it's it's definitely cool to see uh, comic adaptations for books because I know I'm not the most creative when it comes to putting. I guess, word pictures together in my head. Um, just kind of taking what's on the page and seeing what I can do in my own head. But if you read the comic, I mean, there's creative mm-hmm. artists out there that do that work for you. And it's really cool to see what people come up with. Yeah. Definitely. And before we talk uh, any further about it, we want to uh, give a shout out to our sponsor, Dragon's Lair Comics and Fantasy uh, off of Alamo Ranch in San Antonio, Texas. Those guys are supporting us here on the podcast. Uh, go check them out. Um, like I've said before, I visited that particular store and met Dominic Pace uh, at a 501st event. And I've met the owner. Super cool. So they got all kinds of events that happen there. Um, go and pick up some uh, some comics. Uh, build up a, a pull list. I know I know they offered one to me, but I live so far away from there mm. that uh, it was going to be... And I rarely go over there, but I don't know. I might do a sensor sponsor in our podcast. So see if they got more Star Wars tops cards in their shop. Maybe you could go. <laughs> they up there probably do, man. They probably get some more do. magic. <laughs> they probably do. So yeah, without further ado, yeah, let's cover issues two and three here. Awesome. Okay, Zach, you, we'll let you go first, Zach. Cool. Um, I guess David, do we have a picture of uh, issue two, just the cover art or anything like that? We don't have a picture okay. of the cover for issue two, but like you flashed on the screen here, yeah, is the cover yep. of uh of the beginning, and it features Grand Moff Tarkin on the yeah, cover. Absolutely. We didn't see him in issue one, but we do see him, I believe, in issue issue three. I think three. is when he yeah. starts popping up. Um, but looking into issue two, we see a lot of um how Thrawn can kind of think on his feet, how he's very um. Very, very, I guess, good at making decisions kind of on the fly. Um, the, I guess the comic opens up with him on the ship's called the Blood Crow. I'm kind of looking at my notes here. Um, and uh, he's he's walking around with his captain, Captain Rossi, R O S S I, Rossi, yeah, I believe. Very and, Italian name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she's kind of like, what's all this junk you got lying around here? And we see bits of a hyperdrive boost ring. We see a droidica um, and we see a buzz droid. And um, it's kind of crazy to see how he's kind of collected. I, I mean, I wouldn't say junk, but you know, there's other people that would say junk and she's like, get rid of all of it. And he goes, I need to keep this buzz droid because um, the buzz droid, uh, I believe the first units or the first run of buzz droids were covered with uh, Dunium, D O O N I U M, like it makes me think of Dune. I don't know why, but Dunium. Um, and <laughs> that's I guess probably that's, why they called it that. Yeah. <laughs> potentially, um, how and he kind of persuades uh, his captain, like, hey, let me keep this because this is, I don't know, more valuable metal. And I guess to collectors, maybe this could be worth something. I could get rid of the other stuff, whatever. So then it cuts to about a month later. Um, and this, this is the first couple pages of the comic here. He uh, is with his crew and they're going to retrieve some Tabana gas and Tabana gas, I guess to put it into a visual when Luke and Vader are fighting on Bespin and he pulls a hose out of the ceiling. It's what he sprays Vader with where he just, that James Earl Jones like grunt, you know, that's, um, that's the same, I guess, kind of gas in, in its natural state. It's very, 
explosive. So they keep the uh, containers on the ship that they're going to get their shipment from. Um, uh, what did they call it? So how did um, their lightsabers not ignite it on Best Buy? I know. I, I thought about that. Yeah. You know, that's a good point. We might have created a plot hole here, David, unintentionally. <laughs> Maybe Don't, we could edit yeah. that out. No, we got to edit that out. Um, but yeah, no, that is that is interesting uh, that you say that um, because those things are, uh, they're locked up in a special way. Um to prevent them from leaking out and creating explosions, blah, blah, blah. And um, Thrawn walks onto the ship and he sees a guy kind of like hiding in the corner and he looks like a, like a prisoner of whoever runs the ship. And uh, he gets Thrawn kind of hooked on the idea of, oh, I'm captured by pirates, blah, blah, blah. Our hyperdrive was blocked down so that we couldn't escape, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And Thrawn goes over this grandiose plan of how he can get these canisters open with his buzz droid that he brings with him. And um, once he confirms that his crew's got the hyperdrive running uh, and that these cans can be open with his buzz droid, this guy who we think is a, um, uh, what do you love prisoner is the actual pirate. And it's really crazy to see how Thrawn gets himself out of that. I can, I guess, kind of leave that up in the open for, uh, the potential readers that we have as listeners right now. Um, it's really cool to see how he gets out of um, this entanglement with these pirates. Cause the, the ship that he came on and boarded the ship with left him to go put out a fire somewhere else in the galaxy. And he, he was kind of stranded and it's, it's just cool to see how he uh, thinks on his feet, especially in the second issue here, after we see him slowly climbing his ranks. Well, I guess not slowly. He's very fast pace climbing uh the ladder yeah, for commander right i believe he's a lieutenant wait uh let me see if you, if you look at his his plate there the badge he gets a couple more squares i think he's a commander now okay you yeah. might be you might be right on that but yeah it is it's just cool to see him advancing and um his uh translator uh eli vanko uh is he's kind of staying in the same spot as thrawn is climbing this ladder here and they touch on that a little bit but but yeah Ray, what do you think about this uh, issue here, number two? Number two, I mean, I kind of like it as well. Um, you kind of get introduced to some new characters, you know, or new aliens, basically, that, you know, I didn't see before. Um, I did like that about it. Um, I don't it, think that's it, issue two or three. That might be four. Yeah. But it's okay, cool so, nonetheless. Yeah. You get <laughs> it's a preview to, for next episode. <laughs> yes. Uh it still introduces you to these characters that you know we don't see. But like he was talking about the buzz droid. I mean, it to me, so we all know uh from Star Wars Rebels, um, he likes to collect things. I think he's a hoarder in a way. He likes he like, yeah, <laughs> he likes collecting now. I guess I guess things to have, you know, like he yeah. was saying. He has the hyper thing that he's working on mm -hmm. to tell him to get rid of. He doesn't get rid of um, the hyper droid as well. Um, so he has that right there. You see him, and especially with what he was saying on the uh, the, the issue where you see him kind of MacGyver his way out of what he does or gets captured. I like the premise. I mean, it's kind of like you still see the pirate situation. One thing that's always been part of star Wars is pirates, uh, Hondo, you know, all these different characters. So you see it in the, in the comic as well. Um, and you get to, to learn more about Thrawn 
um, which I like because, like I said, I didn't read any of the novels. So to me, I really like what we see on it and where it's going towards. You get to see how Thrawn, he, not just people that he surrounds himself with, he analyzes the people who he takes in. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, he's constantly think, playing the 40 chess. Yes, yeah. pretty much. Mm-hmm. He's constantly paying for, you know, like you said, 40 chess. I'm trying to find the other picture I thought was up here. Um, because I think this one was in that's where it's not here. Dang it. Uh, anyway, um, we get to see somebody from the comics that are from Star Wars Rebels, you know, get introduced. Um, and we'll talk mo- more about that in issue three. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get so much little things that you little Easter eggs that if you're a, a big fan of Star Wars, Star Wars Rebels, you get to see these little Easter eggs coming into the comic. Um, what about you, David? What do you think about it? Um, for me, it was it was more of what we kind of thought that Thrawn was going to approach situations, and you got to see how he's just kind of. People like to say like one step ahead, two steps ahead, but I think it's more of like just his overall just DNA of his character and the yeah. way he just is and the fact that he is just not really manipulating things, but kind of seeing seeing the long game more than what's just in front of him. And he knows that he's dealing with Imperials that are very short-sighted and are just looking to backstab and very manipulative and he's playing all of them for what characters they are. And of course, I mean, we, we know Thrawn is very intelligent as well as being a physical, uh, very athletic character as well in his, in his prime here. Hmm. And we get to see a little bit of that as well. Um, but yeah, we did get introduced to some new, newer characters. Um, I know particularly in issue number four, um, we get to see the arc of a, of a particular character that gets put in front of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, we see him on the front of the cover, and she kind of offers him an opportunity to get some information, and he basically asks what's in it for her. And I like the fact that we they interweave in prequel stuff in the destroyer and the, the, the hyperloop and yeah. the buzz droid. And then of course the data card that we famously saw at the beginning of a new hope. Mm-hmm. And then of course the mention of Lothal from, which is a big planet in rebels. So all of our kind of favorite aspects and points in star Wars are kind of covered here. And of course we see kind of like the political aspects of, how the empire works. And I think it's kind of what everyone kind of expected, how people are kind of betraying each other and there's corruption and there's interests and people are jockeying for position to be in specific roles and ranks and, and being governors and leaders. And it's, uh, it, it's, it's, it's very cerebral and it makes you mm. think, it makes you think about life situations too and and your life experience i know zach you're not quite as old as me and ray but <laughs> i think i think maybe ray and i when we read this we were like okay yeah we've kind of experienced we know that person <laughs> we've worked with that person 
But yeah, uh, yeah it, it's cool that and Grand Moff Tarkin bringing him in, and I think slowly we're gonna get more. Hopefully, I haven't read past this, but like more stuff tied to original trilogy prequel stuff and and cool aliens like like Ray just previewed for us. So it's it's interesting and to, to see Thrawn in that disguise where he covered his eyes with the glasses because uh, I guess straight that's out, out of the tanning giveaway. booth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I actually, thought of. Actually, I got the photo for you. There yeah, is. right there. He has the green glasses on. Yeah. At first, I was like, "Is that Thrawn?" I was like, "It's kind of weird to see him with glasses on." Kind of looks like Neo a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it also, I'm wondering if this is that that diner. diner. Yes, probably. You know, oh, it's the same droid, the same server droid. Yep. So yeah, so that's one thing I, I liked about it: the whole espionage, the whole backstabbing. Yeah, that was one of the things that really I that intrigued me about the thing. And a lot of the Easter eggs. There's one scene in the the comic where they're going to do an ambush without giving too much away. And if you look at the, the, the scenery, it's like, you know, like those crop circles and you see the, it looks like an alien crop circle around the ambush where they're at. So I kind of like that. And they kind of incorporated that. I'm a big X-Files fan too and alien stuff. So I like that little thing there as well. What's going on, sir? So, guys, you don't know who this guy is who's pointing in the comic right here. Uh, Hilario's he's, uh, doing a documentary for Star Wars in Texas. Um, so we're hoping to be getting his interview this Saturday. Oh, um, awesome. Me and David. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, from what I've he's told me, he had to cut some stuff out, but he's got a lot of stuff for us to show in the documentary. That's going to be pretty cool about how much Star Wars is loved here in Texas. Uh, so that's going to be something very interesting that we're going to be able to find out and maybe get some little sneak peeks of it as well. Yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah, Alejandro uh, Cabrera watching us on YouTube. Uh, yeah, he's he's doing a huge, huge documentary. It's, looks like it's he's spending a lot of money on props. And, oh, yeah, dude. And that yeah, it, $3 million? Dollars? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, dude. I don't know, man. Maybe. Because I mean, cool. we, we've seen a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff of his work, and yeah, it looks like he built a whole cantina. Um, very cool, and it looks yeah, it it looks very very accurate. So yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna talk to him this weekend. But yeah, back Thanks to Thrawn, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, so yeah. Thrawn, basically, like I said, it's just the espionage part I liked about it because it kind of reminds you of what we saw in Mandalorian. Um, and then what we saw in Ahsoka, how the Senate and the Empire, you know, are working together at that kind of the same premise where you have to vote and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. I really like that part of it behind it. Um, and as it gets further in, we get to see a lot more how Thrawn advanced and what he did to advance, which was pretty cool. And it introduces some other stuff um but yeah guys if you haven't read this you definitely want to read it um from what i'm i'm going to show you this this is from issue i'm just leaving this because this picture i'm going to leave you this is that's so cool this picture right here alone tells you a lot um and i'm looking forward to the other issues you know um 
but it's a good book, man. I, I like I said, I'm pretty sure the novel has more details. It probably goes a lot more into detail, but the comic is pretty cool, you know. Yeah, absolutely. David, do we got a couple minutes to talk about issue three here a little bit before? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Um, yeah, I guess I I, I didn't want to cut you off, Ray. If you got more to say about? Oh no, I'm good, man. Okay. Perfect. Um, I guess kind of starting off with issue three a little bit, it's it's less focused on Thrawn at the, the first half of this issue, which is kind of what we'll be talking about uh, on the podcast here. And um, it starts off with uh, Governor Price, who is currently not the governor, um, and she's working. Uh, I believe her family owns a mine on Lothal. And um, going back to that comment that Parker had about um, the Dunium, I believe that had something to do with um her mine on Lothal and um, uh, Ryder uh, Azadi, uh, one of his guys uh, comes up to uh, Price while she's working and uh, he already owns 30% of their mine and goes, I need another 21% so that he would be majority holder of 51%. And she pretty much says, no, I, I can't do that. It's my family's legacy. And he's like, you sure? I can kind of guarantee you guys, security against the competitors and this market and blah, 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 blah. And um, he kind of goes away and uh, swears revenge on her. And that kind of shows a little bit of the rivalry, the spark to the rivalry we get with uh, Ryder and Governor Price and Rebels, kind of more in seasons three and four. That kind of goes back and forth a little bit and seeing how that started with um, Ryder Zadi wanting to get uh, – her farmland and she had nothing to do with the empire at that point. So she kind of comes home from uh, uh, work one day to talk to her dad and her dad's like, your mom's been arrested for embezzlement. And she goes, well, how can we get out of that? There's really no good way to get out of that. And she ends up making a deal, giving uh, her mine over to the empire in exchange for like a, a desk job at Co- er, over in Coruscant. And um, one thing kind of leads to another. And that's kind of how she ends up, crossing paths with Thrawn. I know Admiral Yilarn. I don't know if he's Admiral. He might be Colonel Yilarn at this point. Um, he's popped up a lot in the Clone Wars, a little bit in Rebels and a little bit in Andor. Um, he kind of helps bridge the gap with him and Thrawn uh, or with Price and Thrawn, uh, which is kind of cool to see. And um, it's cool to, uh, I guess the comic is titled Thrawn, but it's cool to see how characters revolving around him kind of get a little bit of an origin as well just kind of taking a step back for a second. And it picks up more with Thrawn, like we saw with him having the the tanning goggles on, coming to talk to her at allegedly uh, Dexter's Diner. But it is it is cool to see other characters get the limelight for a little bit and to add a little bit of story uh, to people we might not have a lot of story uh, for. Definitely, for sure. Yeah. That's what I like about it. Yeah, Absolutely. David, got any thoughts on this issue? Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, uh, it's cool that they kind of introduced uh, Tarkin here and got a picture of him. Yeah, and, yes. yeah, he's, and then that whole bartering and that kind of figuring out, okay, well, is it worth doing the thing that she's asking for him to do and the the kind of trading of information? Um, you kind of see how things are run with the Empire mm. and. Um, but yeah, you gotta definitely read the the comic book because we don't want to spoil a whole lot here. But you do get a lot of stuff that you do know, a lot of connective tissue from Star Wars. 
Yeah. And I, I like where it's going. And yeah, Thrawn is ascending pretty quickly here. I know the comic book does jump in time a little bit, but it does, it does do a pretty good job of jumping back in time as well. And you can tell when that happens and then I'll fast forward like a year or two yeah. in the future. And then you kind of pick up the story. And I know with these two issues, I think issue two or issue three, uh, we got um, kind of the backstory of of that uh, female character. And yeah, then, Governor Price. Yeah. And then we we kind of caught back up to real time and, yeah. and got that meeting with with a grand Moff Tarkin. And we know we met another uh, Moff, Moff Gotti, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yep. Yeah, there's there's several moths out there, so yeah, I I like it. I I'm gonna continue reading it, and we're gonna continue covering it. I think, and at least until the sixth issue. So, yeah. So, guys, is there any comics that you guys have read that you kind of want us to go over, graphic novel wise? Um, I'm getting graphic novel for High Republic number one and two. Mm. Um. So eventually we're going to be going over those. Uh, of course, in January, of course, for sure, we're going to be doing the the Mace Windu. But like I said, guys, you have any suggestions, just let us know. Yeah, I know Zach's uh, big suggestion is uh, Son of Dathomir. I know he's... Yeah, absolutely. To cover I, know, I know Colin's uh, into that one as well, and um, that, that would be a really cool comic to cover. I know there's one of Anakin and Obi-Wan in between Attack of the Clones, or I'm sorry, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, and um, there's a Kanan comic. I believe it's 12 issues long. could do two at a time, three at a time, something like that, kind of covering uh, Order 66 um, all the way up to uh, him getting involved with the Phoenix Squadron, which is that's another cool one that's out there. But, yeah, we'd love to take suggestions from – what any of you listeners have, uh, we could put a poll up or something like that on social media. Yeah. Yeah. Parker, the Vader series. Um, I guess which one specifically there's three or four of them and they're all really, really good, but yeah, I like the one that takes place after, uh, revenge of the Sith, like right away Vader, like issue one, it's Vader on the reconstruction table on Coruscant and he instantly slams Palpatine against the wall and starts choking him out. And it's kind of crazy to see like the camera pans away from him going, no, the big, you know, cringy, no, a lot of us don't like, I love it, but I know some don't. And um, it's crazy to see kind of what happens from his perspective after that scene and just how he goes from there. But yeah, I think he's referencing the one with Ray on the cover. Oh, <laughs> Sabe invader teaming up. That looks like Ray, right? It does. That's crazy. Ray, our friend Ray, not Ray Skywalker from <laughs> not Retro episode Ray. nine. Not Ray or, Skywalker. Or Retro Ray. Yes. The other Ray. Yeah. Ray Ray. Yeah. That's too funny. Parker says 2019 Target Vader. Mm. Yeah. Nice. That is good as well. All right. We'll add it to the list for sure. I think that is the show. And Thank you so much for listening to us on audio, watching us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. You can also find us at several places on our social media sites. Of course, YouTube, like the video, comment, tell us like Zach mentioned uh, what you want us to cover in the future. We're all going to cover the main comic book runs that are out there, but if there's anything in particular, let us know. Of course, we're also on Instagram. That's our stuff podcast. We're on X at stuff pod. Threads at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Of course, you can always support us on Patreon. 
for exclusive content. I know Zach loves the Patreon daily stuff that we do, usually with James, sometimes with Zach, Zach and James, sometimes with Colin. Uh, whoever wants to join also sometimes with Retro Ray here. Uh, also, we have a TikTok, Ray, the other Ray, Ray Ray <laughs> is loading up a bunch of TikTok stuff on our official account there. So just search up Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Also on YouTube, uh, Colin is uploading some shorts there. You can see all that stuff on YouTube, of course. You can email the podcast directly at StarWarsStuffPodcast at gmail.com. I think Zach did that, right? That's how I first reached out to you. It was probably over a year ago now. I sent you an email and you're like, hey, can you hop on? So yeah, we do read the stuff. Sometimes we don't respond to it directly on the podcast, but we'll respond to it and do a reply back usually and and unless it gets lost. And guys, there's we have since we have a public email address, we have so many things that pop up in the mailbox. It's it's ridiculous. But um also on Facebook. Yeah. We're also on Facebook, Star Wars Stuff Group, Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Uh, I always go in the group. I post stuff. Um, shout out to Tim Seitz, who's always posting stuff. A lot of memes, a lot of funny stuff. Uh, also, uh, we're also on Twitch. I know Colin is looking to get that uh, running back up again. So look out for that, Colin and Josh. Uh, also, write a, a review and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It helps out the podcast a lot. Listen to us there. We've ascended pretty far up uh, the charts on Apple Podcasts, so thank you so much to everyone out there that's helped us. Also, we have a website where we uh, post a few articles now and then, starstuffpodcast.com. And that is it, everyone. Um, any Anything else anyone has to add here? Um, also, you can find me on, on TikTok, RetroWay210. I post everything from... So, like, you'll be able to see me going into co- the comic book store on Wednesday... I'll do a little quick video showing what's on the shelf for the week. Um, I just started the first one last week. Um, also be posting anything that's pretty much geek related that is also Star Wars related. Um, you'll see a bunch of stuff, events that we go to. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff I've posted so far. I just created it about three week three weeks ago. So there's more stuff that's going to go up. Uh, just go out there, you know, like and subscribe. I'm going to be putting more content on there. So hope to see you out there. You're on mute. David, I think you're on mute. Sorry about that. I said, uh, all right, guys, until Thursday, I think Colin's going to record a podcast in his studio. Might uh, You might see a few people in there that you might know. Uh, for Zach, Retro Ray, my name is David. May the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs> <laughs>